Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be used as medical advice, nor is it advice from a doctor. I am a coach, a recovery coach, and I offer advice from my own experience and my clients. But please, if you think you are in need of medical help, seek it immediately. We'll also be talking about subjects such as binging and purging, depression, and other sensitive topics. So if those trigger you, please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to... Welcome to the podcast for an episode of Recovery 101s. This episode is going to be part of a series where I'm just basically starting things again. And it's based off of what I talk about in my eight-week group program. So each week, for those of you guys that don't know, I do a group program and it's only eight weeks. And every eight-week cycle, we take in a new small batch of people um, to go through the recovery process. And each week, we talk about something different. Sometimes it's about just how to um, deal with urges, how to feel your feelings. Sometimes it's about, it's about how to eat enough and eat consistently, how to deal with uh, weight uh, going back and forth and fluctuating and any sort of other struggle and how to get started, how to have a protocol and recovery, that sort of stuff. So we talk about a lot of those things and I just wanted to make an episode kind of dedicated to each topic that we discuss. And you can use this series basically, um, it won't be every single episode I post, but I'll keep the thread going. And if you look up Recovery 101's episodes, it's going to be some sort of how-to. Uh, so this one is just how to start again. And this episode specifically, I was thinking about the people that have struggled for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years or more, like however long you've been struggling. And the people that come to me that I work with are usually not the people that are a few years into bulimia. They're the people that have been to treatment programs before, that have been to therapy and have been through the ringer and have been struggling for quite some time. And for whatever reason, those things didn't work before, but probably because they just weren't ready per se to recover or um, weren't fully let it, ready to let it go in some way, or just the circumstances weren't right, or they didn't learn what they needed to learn. But they're coming to me and they do want to recover and they're not giving up on themselves. But at the same time, the challenge with those people that have been struggling for 10 plus years or more is they have so many repeated failures that they have seen. And this doesn't have to mean anything, but what people translate it in their head to mean is that I failed so many times, there's no way I could actually do this. I've been struggling for so long, I probably will struggle for the rest of my life. It's probably unlikely for me to be able to recover. So if you are trying to start recovery again, I think the biggest barrier here and the number one thing you have to do is you have to cultivate some sort of belief that it is still possible for you, no matter how long you've been struggling, no matter who you are, no matter what resources you have access to, no matter how many times you failed, that you can actually do this. And oftentimes when I pay, take people on to either work with me one-on-one or be in a group member, I ask them, how are you incredibly capable of recovering? And then I always put in a sub kind of question of think of all the other things that you've accomplished in your life and think of the challenges that you've had to go through. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're even five years old. You've had to go through some sort of challenge in your life at this point. If you're listening to this podcast episode, you have the mental capacity to, I'm, I could guarantee, have gone through some sort of hurdle. And so you figured out a way to get out of that. And I think looking in other areas of your life 
and using those as, as examples as to how you can actually recover and apply these skills that you already have to recovery, that that can help you cultivate belief in yourself of, well, you know, I haven't been able to successfully recover yet. And you should also define what that even means. Successful recovery means something different to everyone. Sometimes people that consider themselves recovered still have behaviors occasionally. So like, what does that even mean? But two, I have been successful in other areas of my life, even if I haven't been successful in recovery. So what skills have I used in those areas and what traits do I possess that allowed me to accomplish those things, even though I didn't know it was possible? And then how can I apply it there? So it's really asking yourself and critically thinking and intentionally thinking on purpose that you are capable. Because if you don't think that you're capable, you don't think that there's hope for you, you're not going to try, you're not going to give everything your full effort. You're not going to put anything in there, you know, it's just going to, or you're going to start really quickly and then it's going to be all over with. So you have to have this firm foundation, even with all your failures as to why you think you're capable, why, and even if you can't think you're completely capable, why you think it's possible you could be capable. So when people are pretty riddled with self-doubt, sometimes I tell them, okay, but do you think it's possible? Like, do you think there's at least a 1% chance that you could recover? And then we go with that 1% chance of, okay, well, why do you think there's a 1% chance you could recover? And then usually the, that question helps them with their reasons as to why they actually can recover. And you find that the reason, the percentage is actually quite a lot bigger than that of why they can recover. But a lot of it's really believing in yourself from the get-go and knowing that it is possible. For me, the thing that I fall back on that if it's for every single person that I know, whether I've met them or not, is you're a human being with a human brain. Human beings with human brains have the capability but the potential to change. Maybe that change has to be like made with a chip in your brain. I don't know. But I know that your brain has the capability to change behaviors. It has the capability to change neural pathways, to learn new things, to learn new skills. And if that is the case for you, if you have a functioning brain, no matter how spicy it is, neurodivergent it is, you are able to change. And if you're able to change, you are able to be capable of recovery. Can you recover? We don't know, but we do know you're capable of it. And I rely on that so much. And that's what allows me to believe in every single person that I work with and every single person that reaches out to me, no matter how bad their story is. I'm like, I know you can do it though. I know it's possible for you. I don't know how you're going to do it or if you can do it, but I know that it is possible and it's within you to reach that goal if you want to, right? And if you keep pursuing it and if you keep finding the right resources and information to do it. So that's number one is cultivating belief in yourself somehow and really taking time to sit down and intentionally think about it. And then throughout the weeks to come as you're trying to recover, thinking about um, how you're going to purposely focus on those thoughts rather than all the thoughts of why you can't do it. Because those thoughts at the end of the day, whether they're right or not, they don't serve you. They don't help you in any way. They don't change anything. They just make you feel worse about yourself. So that's number one. The second thing I'd recommend for someone who's starting again is to not think about it as starting again. I would think about it as this is a completely new, different start. This is a new recovery journey we've never been on before. It may feel similar, but try to think about like, why is this different? And why is this a different round? Because even if you failed a million times before, each time you've tried to start again, you have you are a different person. And now you're a different person starting this time. You have so many different experiences that you've learned from. You have had tons of time and tons of failure and tons of learning opportunities. You are not starting the same thing over again. 
And you need to come at it with a new mindset and a new perspective and understanding that you are different this time. And maybe even ask yourself, why is this time different? And it's a unique start. It is starting again, but it is not the same thing as just the same old, same old. And how are you going to approach it differently? I mean, you can think of it as this is starting something completely new. This is a new chapter of my recovery. Then I think you can approach it without all of the baggage that you're taking with you. Like, oh, same old, same old. It's like, it's not the same. And if you think it's the same, then it is going to be the same, right? You have to approach it differently. A new attitude, a positive attitude. Something I hear a lot from people is like, I've tried everything. And I'm like, you you have not tried everything. That is such a like statement of overconfidence. And I know I've been there too, so I get where they're coming from. But try to go in with a learner's heart and a student's heart, really, of I'm here to learn. I'm here to drop my ego and be, uh, and drop my uh, pride at the door. And I'm ready to have a level of humbleness and humility. And I'm ready to know what I don't know. I'm ready to learn what I don't know. I'm ready to learn what mistakes I've been making over and over and over again that I need to understand this time around that I didn't before. Because even if you've tried everything, you didn't try it in a way that worked for you because you're clearly still here. So you, there's something you're missing. And if you can go in that approach of like, no, I've, if you go in the approach of, I've done every single thing and none of it worked. Therefore, there's no hope for me. Where can we go from there? I think what's far better is to be like, okay, what all have you tried and how did you try it? And then go through every method you've tried specifically and ask yourself, what didn't work about that? That's often a thing I ask people on consults for private coaching calls and sometimes people that are looking to join the group. I'm like, what previous recovery things have you done, whether working with someone or on your own? And why didn't those things work for you? Not because I'm trying to diss these other treatment programs or something or make people look bad. It's just really important to know what didn't work so that we can try to not do that this time so that we can address the problem head on. Usually sometimes people, they just weren't ready for it or they they didn't want to do some of the things that the treatment program were recommending them doing. They were resistant to maybe gaining weight. And so that kept them bent in their eating disorder. And we need to get to the root cause of that. Sometimes they weren't really willing to eat enough to eat consistently for, again, maybe weight loss reasons or they were um, their schedule was too chaotic or something like that. I don't know, but there's usually some sort of thing that's occurring that it's not necessarily the method, it's how you're approaching it, or you're using the wrong method for you. But either way, you need to know what exactly it was that didn't work. Um, And so this, when you're starting again, you're not really starting again, you're starting everything right now, new, it's a fresh journey, it's a different journey. So that's something definitely, number two, you're not starting again, you're starting afresh, anew, with a new mindset, a learner's mindset, and a humble um, mindset with some humility. And you're just here to learn rather than think you know everything and it's just the same old, same old. All right. Now, the third thing I do is go in with some sort of plan and time limit for what you're starting. So it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It doesn't have to be tons of things. When I ask people in my group program, you know, what, what are you planning every time, every week I ask them on Thursdays, what it was working for you, what isn't working, and what do you want to do planning moving forward? And sometimes people for the moving forward thing, they have so many different goals they're trying to do. And it's like, that is overwhelming. That is a lot to work on. And you might find that that's not everything you can manage right now. So I, I usually tell them like, that these are two things you mentioned that I think are more important to focus on right now. And the other things may come into play later, or they just might naturally fit into place. But if you can only focus on these things, do these things. So if you are going to start again, you need to have some sort of at least a loose plan of what you're even focusing on. Because generally what people do are like, I'm starting again. Okay, so I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do behaviors and it's going to be a perfect journey. That's probably not going to go super well. I think I would I would say instead of focusing on 
not having the behaviors, if you can and you're successful with that, great. But most people are not, especially after they've been trying for a while. That's not always the case. Sometimes, like sometimes it happens. So never say never. But usually what's far better is just to focus on tactics that help them become more aware, help them have enough food and help them uh, reduce triggers to binge and then also help them just be more mindful and feel better. And so what I do when I first people take people on as clients or in the group program is we usually start with, okay, let's establish a baseline eating pattern. And then let's also establish a protocol for what you're going to do when urges come up. And let's do these things regardless of whether you have behaviors, because this is a trap people fall into of, okay, well, I'll do this as long as I have no behaviors. But if I have one behavior, I have one urge or have one bad like restriction moment or whatever it is, then I'm just going to start again tomorrow. So whatever your plan is, make sure that it's applicable and you can use it regardless. Don't like only use it when you're not having behaviors. The purpose of these things are to, for you to get better and then eventually reduce behaviors. So I would pick how are you going to make sure you're eating consistently and you're eating enough? That looks different for everyone, which is why I'm not being specific on here. Uh, but generally, I think people do pretty well with th at least three meals a day, at least I'm not saying you should only have three meals a day. In recovery, sometimes you need more food. You're usually hungrier. So you probably need more than three meals a day. Um, and then plus snacks and making sure you have a rhythm of eating every two to three hours or four hours, depending on how hungry you get. And making sure that if you are not feeling hungry at all, that you're still feeling fueling yourself so that doesn't come back into binging later on. But again, making sure you're finding some way to eat enough to eat consistently. And then I'd also focus on some sort of protocol, whether you just plan to whenever you have an urge, even if you follow through that with that urge, you're going to pause and you're going to wait two minutes. And you're going to feel your feeling, feel the feeling and process it a little bit. And then you're going to engage in the behavior or every time you binge and purge, you journal afterwards or, or every morning you journal about your recovery goals or, um, yeah, you just take a moment or maybe it's not anything to do with journaling or accountability or pausing. It's just like every time you have a behavior, you call your accountability partner or your husband or your partner or whoever it is, uh, or you talk about it on a forum or something like that. But just have two things really to focus on of I'm going to eat enough inconsistently in this way. And then I'm also don't overcomplicate it. And then also I'm going to make sure I'm doing this thing to raise my awareness around behaviors. And that's usually a good place to start. And I'm going to do these things unconditionally and then have some sort of review system and time limit to these things. So say, I'm going to try this for a week and then I'm going to review how it's going. And that's usually a pretty good frequency. And it's a lot in the beginning, but I think in the beginning, you kind of need to put more effort in to be more aware of what's going on and learn. But that's what I'd recommend. Um, so make sure you're doing a few core things that are going to help you in recovery regardless. Make sure you write them down and then make sure you're can adhere to them on a daily basis and then have some sort of time frame for how when you're going to actually review it so you know what's working and then change the plan if you need to moving forward. All right, that is what I do if I was starting again. And I'd also, last bonus thing, is I wouldn't do this journey alone. I'm not, I think my programs are amazing. I think you should either hire me as your personal coach or you should uh, join my group program. The next group starts, well, I don't want to date these, but I'm always having eight week group coaching cycles. Um, you can go to my website at bingebreakers.com to check that out. But even if you don't decide to work with me, having some sort of person, your partner, a friend, someone you find on a forum who's also struggling um, online, you can find a lot of people. Go going to an in-person support group, um, even just doing some, from, yeah, just having someone to know what you're going through and to report to them 
can be very helpful and just having them not even to give you advice, but to be there for you emotionally, to support you and just show you kindness and compassion. In our group program, we have a WhatsApp chat always running with specific, like each group has their own WhatsApp chat. And something people find super helpful about it and they find super helpful about the calls too, is that they can share with people that get it and they, the people, whenever someone has a lapse or a struggle or a challenge, everyone gives them so much love and support and kindness. They give them advice, but they give them like this unconditional, you're still a good person. We still believe in you. We still um, want the best for you. And we aren't ashamed of you. And we're not giving up on you. And that sort of energy, even if they didn't say any advice, helps you because that's what you need. And you need to give it to yourself and sometimes seeing people give that to you then allows you to give yourself permission to give that to you um, which is crucial for fueling you and keeping you going in recovery so i'd say find some sort of support system so you're not doing this solely alone um, and don't get into the habit of like once i'm better then i'll get someone you need someone now and don't get into this thing of i'll find someone and once i find someone i'll never struggle again and it's a done deal don't get into that trap. You may still struggle and make it very clear that it's a non-linear journey, but you're going to keep on going. All right. That is that. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want more information on anything I'm doing and work I'm doing um, or how to get, I think I have a free course on my website, usually something like that. Go to bingebakers.com. I'm also on Instagram at bingebakers underscore bulimia. And then um, please, if you like this podcast, give it a rating and review. I really appreciate it. It helps me and helps other people find the podcast episode. And lastly, never ever give up on yourself.